Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Mid-Off, because by midway through, you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host, Ross. <laughs> Let me introduce the team. Our resident wicket-keeping expert and the boy from the wrong side of the tracks come good. Welcome, David. Thank you, Ross. Lovely to be here. Um, I was up till 4.30 this morning researching for this podcast, mate, so uh, feeling really good and feeling ready to go. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. Research. Lots of it. Mm. Mm. Late at night's the best Bruce, sort, yeah. too. Mm. <laughs> you no know, numbers update for us this week, David? No numbers update, mate. I didn't get a chance to read the numbers. Nil- the Nielsen ratings haven't come out yet. There oh, right. some problems. So. I actually had a bit of time up my sleeve, so I went and did a bit of a check on our numbers. Mm, right. And we're now good. averaging more listeners per podcast than Brendan McCullum averaged in Test Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, we're over good. the magical 40 barrier. <laughs> <laughs> very good. <laughs> all right, a man who it is said Dave Warner modelled his game on, and our man with his ear to the ground on all things local cricket and club politics. Welcome, Michael. Hello, gents. Hello, Mick. Hi, Mick. Australia's number one Nathan Lyon fan and our groundskeeping guru. Welcome, Alex. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello today we come to life. you from the Twin Studios. I'm in the... Alex Doolan Studios and the rest of the crew are in the technically challenged Scott Boland Studios. <laughs> As Just, usual, technical issues. Yes. Uh, this is a Big Log production brought to you by our sponsors, <laughs> the Gold Medal Soft Drink Company, Dick Smith and the Quokka Bar in Phuket. <laughs> Pretty excited about Dick Smith. Pretty high profile yeah. sort of... Uh... It's good to get someone who's really going places on board. Yeah, you know, so, I yeah. heard that Anset Australia were also interested <laughs> in jumping on board. Um, so keep an eye out for that. I have Masters were as well. <laughs> yeah. Pretty excited about the Masters. I'm meeting with them next week, actually, to finalise what's happening. So pretty excited oh, okay. about that. And we're now on Instagram again. Is that correct? Are we? Oh. Uh, we're not on Instagram. Oh. We're on Tumblr. Tumblr. Oh, sorry. What's Tumblr? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't, I don't know. We've got a blog or something. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't fully understand Tumblr either. Never well, mind. Our latest episode's up on Tumblr. Is it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's a link to the SoundCloud on Tumblr. Whatever oh. Tumblr is. I still don't know what it is. I did a bit of Tumblr last night, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> our first segment, it's over to Mick for standout performances in local cricket. Alrighty. So, um, just do like a, I'll start off with a, a little bit around our women's and men's premier, and then we'll do some local stuff. Uh, so... The big lug, the big red-headed fella, Jason Flores, took 7 for 28 and 4 for 56 for the Wyndham Manly Cricket Club in Queensland. And uh, the little little bloke who tries hard, John O'Wells, got 162 for the Perth Cricket Club in WA. So uh, great work by those two. I think John O'Wells was in Gin's big lug 11 as well, despite the fact he's 4 for 2. Um, <laughs> Scott Holland wasn't, however. So we uh, so we we move over to uh, women's uh, women's Premier Cricket. So we've got Erica Kershaw Good. made 134 red for Dandenong Women's Cricket Club, nice. and Haley Jensen made 114 for the Melbourne Cricket Club. Big Jenna. So yeah, so good work to those two girls as well. So we've just got some blokes around the traps in local cricket. Um, so first one I've got the bloke by the name of Geordie Kosh. So Jordy made 232 red oh, for the Yetnam oh. Cricket Club in a score of 424 off just 45 oh. overs. Oh, save milk them. So Jordy came in when the scores were 1 for 102 off 21 overs. Oh, he proceeded it. to hit 26 sixes. Oh. 
including eight in a row. Eight in a row. Yes, eight in a row. Does it say what ground it was played at? No, it does say. Oh, postage stamp. I also got a shout out to Simon Johnson from the West Warrnambool Cricket Club, who uh, snared a double hat trick. Hey, yeah, and in figures of 8 for 17 off 21 overs. That's a fine effort there by Simon. On you, Jono. Um, also got to touch on a, a fellow from the Wyala, uh, uh, sorry, sorry, Wyala teenager Brandon, Brandon Gibbs, who plays for Westlands Career Club, took 10 for 9. Oh, so it's fair to say that's figures, that's, the best figures of the year I can remember so far. <laughs> so great team, job man. by him. I just want to touch on a few things more locally in the NMCA. Let's give a shout out to uh, this young chap. His name is Nav Ramazay. He plays for the Dennis Cricket Club and he made his first run in two years. So well done, Nav. And they cheered him off the ground. And they cheered him off like he made a uh, double turn. Ross, maybe didn't hear that, mate. That was his first run in two years. Two, full, two seasons. Two seasons his first he run. hadn't scored a run. What number so, does he bat at? Uh, probably 11. Three. Three. <laughs> oh, I thought he might be their opener. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, also got a shout out to um, a chap from uh, the Preston Footballers Cricket Club. He plays in the uh, Cali Reserve. Uh, he's playing against uh, my side, the West Ivano United Cricket Club, uh, yesterday. And he, um, when he brought up, he brought up his ton, so he's on a hundred. At that stage, he was a hundred of a hundred and two, and the two were no balls. So he literally made every run himself. So that's a fair effort there. He also made a ton the previous game too. So it was a rich range of eight and four so going into the last game. So he, was, uh, he was looking good. So. Um, and then I also want to touch on our the uh, senior uh, the. The first eleven at uh, West Ivano who were who went into the day needing to take uh, five wickets for under forty runs to sneak in the finals, and they managed to take five for nineteen to get in. So it's a great effort there as well. It was a very good effort. Yeah. And just lastly, now thanks to uh, the last episode, we'd like to touch on stuff I don't want to talk about. We're going to touch on something I don't want to talk about. So uh, former Australian Test player. Dan Cullen has pulled stumps on his cricketing career and will no, no longer play any cricket at all. This comes as a shock to most people because we all thought that happened about five years ago. <laughs> Dan Cullen. But, uh, but he's just made it official this weekend. So, uh, to Dan, congratulations on never being anything. Well done. <laughs> and that's, uh, and that's this, yeah, this week in local cricket. Oh, that's right. Nice little, little drive-by to finish off with. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Pumping up blokes playing Kelly Shield, but some blokes who played a test match for Australia gets a little drive-by. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Nick, as always. Very uh, interesting look into the area of local cricket. We now move on to Premier Cricket. Um, It was the first day of another two-day in Premier Cricket. Northcote made 260, thanks to our man, Solomon Meyer. Oh, the king. Yeah, the king. King Solomon, Solomon former Zimbabwean player. He made 122 off just 124 balls. And um, then Melbourne had to face 17 overs, and they finished four for 60. Solomon picked up a wicket even. He had a day out. Yeah. Didn't do no um, wrong. Ross, mm. 
you might have got down there so I know how you like your um, Premier cricket. Yes. Uh, wasn't yesterday some type of celebration at Northcote for the anniversary of Bill Laurie's 240-odd not out in a grand final? I believe you might be right. Yeah, there might, oh. it would have been a carnival-like atmosphere down there at the uh, William T. Laurie Oval. Yes, yeah. I think so. Um, oh. Everyone likes a good party on Separation Street there. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no doubt they would have adjourned after the match to Westgarth Strip to um, continue the festivities. Yeah, they would have hit the brandy room. <laughs> they also would have uh, just seen a uh, bit of light in the same but comedy at the uh, Westgarth Cinemas too. Yes. <laughs> Maybe there was a... Um, Just a rom-com or something. A rom-com or a um, cult classic um, yeah. movie marathon on, starting oh, midnight yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah Forbidden Planet or something. Yeah. <laughs> so how had the other scores going for every cricket roster? <laughs> yeah. Funny you should mention that. The um, Footscray Edgewater journeyed out along the uh, south to the Monash Tigers home ground at Central Reserve in Glen Waverley. And it was Matt Underwood who notched his first uh, Premier Century yeah, right. Uh, made in the Premier Century. Yes, he made 133 off 291 balls. He was a pitcher of concentration. Good stint. Mm. That's Ed Cowan-like. And he was the Cowan backbone team. of Footscray making 260. He made just over half of them. Oh, yeah, nice. nice. Yes. Out at the, our, one of our favourite grounds in yes, Premier Cricket, the Russell Lucas Oval. Oh, do we uh, like Russell Lucas? The Russell Lucas, yeah, out at the Ruckle. Um, <laughs> the Ringwood Rams, interesting name for a cricket team. Yeah. Yeah, they, they finished on one for 253, thanks to... Jesus. Yeah, thanks to centuries, a century to David King, and their skipper Tom Stray was 95, not out. And Did Anthony Stevens record. make any? Sorry? <laughs> Anthony Stevens get any? <laughs> no. <laughs> Glenn Archer? Oh, right, no. <laughs> he made no, it hard. No. Uh, with, uh, with Kingy, with uh, I think Ro- Robert Scott made before. a duck, and then... Uh, <laughs> uh, Matthew Capuano is ready to come on next week. <laughs> Ringwood Rams sounds like a Pakistani Super League team, doesn't oh, it? Oh, it does. Oh. It's got all the hallmarks. Yes. <laughs> Carlton travelled out to Casey, South Melbourne. They were 5 for 117, but recovered to 9 for 295. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so Nick Ross registered his maiden Premier Century with 114. Oh, nice. Uh, Slatsy, um, did... So to celebrate the first time they've been out to Casey South Melbourne since last season, did Carlton get a heap of posters printed up? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's been all over social media. Like, absolute social media. I don't know this story. Thing. Can you tell more? Oh, so uh, so today um, Carlton's playing Essendon in a VFL. Uh, oh, yes. Nap, sorry, not VFL. In a NAB yeah, yeah, yeah. Challenge match at Princess Park today. Yeah. And it's the first time they've played each other there in like... 10, yes. 15 years or something. So they've actually got commemorative posters yeah. that they're giving out at the ground for to mark the event. For a damn challenge game. Yeah. They're, apparently, apparently they're already on eBay, some of them, and they're going for as much as 25 cents. <laughs> Signed by Johnny, too. Yeah. Um, Signed by Oscar, Joe. <laughs> it's interesting, um, Mick, that you bring that up because... that travelling out to Casey was a bit of a problem for one of the Carlton players in the first eleven. And, um, Jones? One of their no, one of their batsmen, oh. a bloke Bean McLean, he yes. couldn't travel all the way from Carlton out to Casey because his hamstrings cramped up on the drive yeah. out there. Yeah. Old Steve Broccoli, <laughs> <laughs> dickhead. <laughs> uh, some other results: 
Um, Frankston made 170 against Fitzroy Doncaster, who are two for 106. So that one looks like it's going in one direction. Yeah. Danny Nong, 252. All out, have Greenvale two for 20 at the end of day one. Geelong made 337 against Jesus. our boys, the Kingston Hawthorne Town Hall uh, Hawks. Mm. I was that wondering where that would come up. Friend of the show, Andrew McDonald, made a well-crafted 32. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't have got to 330 if it wasn't that 32. Yeah, that's right. Uh, who did I not talk about? Footscray, yes, talk about them. Melbourne Uni, all out for 171. And they have St Kilda five for seventy five, so that's Ooh, a lot of dice edge. And uh, Campbellwell Magpies were bowled out for two hundred and thirty, and yeah. they have at uh, at the end of day one Paran and none for eighteen, so that one's evenly poised as well. Mm. Yes. Yes. yes, so that's my wrap of uh, Premier Cricket. It's now over to Alex for Groundskeeper's Corner. I might just go have a nap, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're up pretty late, but we should have researching microbrews as well. So, uh, so I'm going to do around, continue the round the ground segment that you guys love. And brilliant, all. absolutely yep. brilliant, mate. So we're going to hit up the world famous Monica Oval. Oh, slap, this is close to Slatsy's heart, uh, yes. Ross's heart. Yes, exactly. I have been to a game at Monica Oval. Yes. Went and saw your boys. Yes. So I have a rundown of everything that's happened at Monica Oval, and it's a lot of Prime Minister's eleven. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, do you guys uh, know why Monica is called Monica? Oh, it's named after the uh, Lord Alfred Monica Cricket. Well, that's a common misconception. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I have some knowledge of why it's pronounced Monica. Because there's Manuka Honey, which is spelt exactly the same way. Yeah. But whoever it was who opened Monica Oval walked yeah. up and said, Monica, and so it stuck. Really? I think that's right. So there to I blame. think that's also a common misconception. No, I think... <laughs> so Monica is uh, an area in the south district of Canberra, uh, uh, covering parts of the suburb of Griffith and Forest. There you go. People um, grow a lot of weed in Griffith. Allegedly. Oh, allegedly. Yeah. I don't think it's allegedly. Um, some of the great things to see in the Monica area are the Monica Oval, <laughs> the Monica Shops, and the Monica Swimming Pool, and the Monica Circle. <laughs> I don't know, guys. <laughs> the reason why it's called Monica is because the precinct was named after the famous Leptospermum Scorparium. Of the Monica tea tree. So it's named after a New Zealand tree. Yes. Yeah. Which that's is where weird. the honey comes from. <laughs> I think that's really weird. But uh, from Walter Burley Griffin's original plan for Canberra, he, back in the time, that there was talk of New Zealand becoming part of Australia, joining the territories of the like in the gap, was it? Uh, an olive branch or a tea tree branch. <laughs> yes, a Monica tea tree branch. Yeah. <laughs> I, heard, I heard that that plan didn't go ahead because the New Zealanders realised that none of their blokes could get a game in the test side. Yeah, exactly. So they say they say their legends average 40. Yeah, because right, yeah. McCullough <laughs> wouldn't have got in. <laughs> they don't average 40, they average 38. 0.7. <laughs> Kick a bear while he's finished. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, there was talk of New Zealand coming into the Federation of Australia. Um, so... Burley, the Walter Burley, Sir Walter Burley Griffin's original plan, this area was 
of Canberra had a lot of um, things named after New Zealand stuff. So there's like Wellington Street and sheep, uh, okay. and stuff like sheep that. Sheep shaggy corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, McCullum, uh, what is it? Sycophantic Claptrap McCullum Street. <laughs> Good Heart and Care Bear Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> So on to Marta Karobel. Um, uh, it has a rich and diverse history according to the Marta Karobel website, mm, of course. Has yeah. uh, a capacity of 13,550 people. Uh, it's a premier site for cricket and AFL, AFL events in Canberra. So it's a place to be if you want to watch cricket or Canberra, yeah. or cricket or um, AFL in Canberra. Uh, it retains its original tree plantings from the 1920s when it got uh, established. They're beautiful trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, which includes cypress, poplar, oak, and elm trees. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the enclosure, you'll be happy to hear this, Michael. The enclosure excludes the hustle and bustle of surrounding suburbs. Oh, yeah, because it'd be flying oh, around yeah. the Monica region. Yeah. That would just be like a CBD around it's, there. It's sort of just, no, it's like a, a serene mm. utopia amongst the hustle. Oh, yeah, get away yeah. from that. Because all the popular open elm trees you love to... <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that the horn? Where's yeah. the horn? Enough <laughs> tree talk. Move on. Okay. Okay. From the Oval, the Tower of St. Christopher's Cathedral at Red Hill are the only visible features outside the ground because of all the cypress, poplar, oak, and elm trees yeah. around it. So that's not because of the huge crowds that like GWS get there. It's the trees. Yeah, no, no, it's the trees. Yeah, yeah. Well, how tall are these people? What else have you got, kid? Oh, I've got a lot, mate. I've got the history here now. Onto the history. It's in bold, I think. Of course, as they say again, it has a rich and diverse history. <laughs> Starting back to the early 1920s, uh, when Monica Circle Park was an open field. The Circle Park fell away to Spring Creek on its eastern side. Uh, and football was played on the area. Rugby league and union also were played on it. Uh, right the course. fields didn't originally provide adequate... <laughs> adequate I didn't even hear that. I'm just going to show you the Archery? And lacrosse, I think, was played oh, there. A lot of lacrosse. A daunting crowd of 13,552 <laughs> capacity. <laughs> Um, it didn't. It didn't have any facility to start with, so the cricket association bodies in the area, now, uh, yeah, they got together in 1926-27 and put down the uh, first pitch laid. That was in 1930, but they put up some, uh, you know, like a dunny and a you know, <laughs> horse stable and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where you can hitch your hitch your <laughs> an outhouse. Yeah, <laughs> a long drop. Yeah, and, um, I think a 10-pin rig was there too. <laughs> there was a wire mesh fence erected around the yes, perimeter in 1930. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, the cheapest of all fences. Yeah, yeah, well, um, they didn't have a pipe fence. They didn't have a qualified plumber to install it. They're politicians too, so they have to keep um, yeah. costs down. Uh, Don Bradman uh, has a stand. There was, there was a stand erected in 1962. It's called the Bradman Pavilion. Named in honour of the great guy, um, who first played, John Bradman first played at Monica Oval against Mailers Bohemians. Mm, famous name in cricket, that. Yes, mm. famous team, the yeah. Mailers Bohemians. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they decided in 1979, the ACD administration decided to develop Monica Oval primarily for cricket. Um, and they lay, relayed the pitches with cooch grass, so they're cooch pitches, mm. which is interesting. Mm. 
Not to really. me, anyway. Yeah, yeah, to you it is. Um, fun fact. Oh, dear. So in the 1980s, the original scoreboard from the Melbourne Cricket Ground was moved and transported to Monica Oval. Yeah, they do it. Horse and cart. Uh, in the 1980s, I'd say no. No, elephant. A couple of XF <laughs> Falcons, I think, maybe <laughs> delivered it down there. The, um... Sled dogs. All on the back. Yeah, yeah. sled dogs. That's Up right. the hue yeah. on the sled dogs. <laughs> Mush! Uh, so that... That's... <laughs> I don't even hear that. It should be funny as well. <laughs> um, so when they moved the MCG scoreboard, which was the first electronic scoreboard at Monica Oval, it was named the Jack Fingleton scoreboard. Ah, fingers. After Lots the of... late Australian opening batsman who made his career as a political journalist in the corridors of Parliament House just kilometres away from Monica. Michael Slater. Is it true that old Fingers Fingleton has a head piece? Yes, it is yeah. true. Well, he's the late Fingers Fingleton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, way to bring it down. Yeah, sorry, mate. Yeah. Jackie boy to his friends. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, these two spectator areas, uh, the spectator areas in northeast, northern and eastern side were reconstructed in 1992. Uh, two grandstands were put in, named after two. Prime Ministers here brought international cricket teams to Canberra on 16 occasions. And they were named the Robert Menzies Stand and the Bob Hawke Stand. And they were named by Dame Paddy Menzies and Mr Hawke in 1992. Is it true that the Bob Hawke Stand only serves yard glasses? It is. It is. <laughs> just, you have to do them in 6.7 yeah. seconds, otherwise... Or if you do it in 6.7 seconds, you get them for free. Yeah. Uh, of course, the uh, Monica Oil was an integral part of the life of Canberra. Uh, in what way? Hosted heaps of events. <laughs> I didn't hear that again. He said, in what way? Ah, you hosted heaps of events. You're not hearing. I'm talking, concentrating. <laughs> 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 uh, it's uh, it's seen sporting heroes like Sir Donald Bradman, as uh, Alex Jozalenko, your beauty, Steve Moore, Alan Border, and James Hurd, to name a few. James Hurd, they probably should scratch that off the... Uh, Record, I think, because he's a drug cheat. But uh, he's a oh, allegedly. He ain't drug cheat. He just made thirty-four other blokes drug cheat. Yeah, no, but he also allegedly. got a really good tan <laughs> from vitamin C injections into his chest. In fairness well, to him, he, de- he deserves a break. Because if I deliver these misses, I'll be on drugs too. <laughs> <laughs> he's a cell allegedly. That's great. What else have you got, Alex, for us? Uh, I've got just a little bit of a history. I think I've sort of run through it. I think that's Everything. about it, guys. Oh, you beauty. Although, just no, when, no, when, when the first pitch... Good <laughs> when the first pitch was laid, it was on Easter Monday. Fun fact. You'll <laughs> see that on the back of a Carlton draft cap, I think. What day was the first pitch laid at Marco Oval? Easter Monday. Ross, <laughs> I think we'll just say that's a fact. Oh. <laughs> uh, what about... When was the first international cricket match played at Monica Oval, Gim? Um, I can flick through and get you that information. While he's, while he's searching, yes, Ross knows, that's why he's asking. Yeah. While he's searching, Ross, was... we're banning Alex now from ever saying the words oh. fun and fact. Yeah, yeah, one after another. It yeah. was actually during, I think, the 1992 World Cup. There was a World Cup match there. Ah. Yeah. Who played in it? Was it Pakistan? Uh, no, I think it was Sri Lanka and someone. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. Hey, Ross. Yes. Who were the Canberra Kookaburras? I don't know. Because in 1995, oh, sorry. They played all their home games at Monica Oval until they were kicked out in 2000. That's all the history of cricket, mate. Written on it. Yeah, it mm-hmm. might be a local premier. Well, how do they get kicked out? It's weird that you write that on like a... So maybe the, the, um, the maybe they had vote yeah. count and they started fire and burn all the <laughs> bats and that and the uh, footy club cracked with them. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I'd never do that. that. No, you can't do things like that. <laughs> anyway, that's a brief history of Barnaker. Brief. Barnaker Oval. Brief. Uh, do you understand what the word brief means? I hope you, I hope you guys enjoyed it here as all of our listeners did. <laughs> oh, Thanks, yeah. fellas. No, that was great. No, perfect. And you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I should have got the air horn out earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on now to state cricket, and it's a big round eight of Sheffield Shield cricket currently underway. Oh, yeah. Now, an Victoria doing well. Yeah, Victoria versus Tasmania. Let's talk about that first. So the Vicks batted first, and they were bowled out for 165. Pathetic. Yeah. Um, oh, but, but why? Well... Victoria didn't have Glenn Maxwell. Yeah, he would have had fighting Surely he was there. Yeah, no, because what happened was the Australian Test team wanted to release Sean Marsh from his subfielding duties yep. in the Test match in New Zealand. So yep. rather than just go in with 13 men, ah, yep. no, couldn't do that. They had to send Glenn Maxwell over to be yep. a 14th man in the squad and be ah. one of the three what? subfielders. No. That was for the last two days, right, Ross? That was for the last test. Yep. And although the test match finished on the Wednesday and the Shield match didn't start on the Thursday, he still couldn't fly back in time to, and to play. And also, Australia were batting fourth. Mm. So how much fielding can he do when Australia's batting? <laughs> That's right. And Australia so, started batting on day four. So surely, yep. surely as soon as Australia's fielding commitments were over, Glenn Maxwell, get on that plane out of here. Yeah, yeah and go and get some Red Bull cricket form yeah. in there. I thought, Mate, yeah, one of the things that the in... selectors were trying to do was get blokes playing cricket. So why yeah. Maxwell missed this game, I don't understand. But in, in cricket Australia's defence, apparently Glenn Maxwell has, like, the best throwdowns. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. what the fourteenth man does. Yeah, he just yeah, does that's, so the, that's what they need him for the extra batting days to give Voges throw down. Yeah, and he just half all his outside off. Thanks, Maxie. Yeah. No yeah. worries, mate. Oh, these are good, buddy. Yum <laughs> <laughs> um, yum. And he also waits the obligatory six seconds for, and waits for the batsman yep. to look at him before he throws it again. I read on Twitter that um, this thing throwdowns are like white bread. Right. They have no nutritional value whatsoever, <laughs> but they're just delicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And no one ever says, give us some tough short of a length yeah, stuff. Yeah, get a jagging around. Half all these off, please. Mate, yeah. I want to check me drives. Yes, it's all a bit strange. Um, Tassie, though, are on a roll. They um, made uh, a heap, absolute mountain of runs. They got 400. Yeah, 400 in front of Victoria. Mm. Uh, ben Dunk made 190. Our man Alex Dolan made his first yeah. first-class 100 since 2012. <laughs> yeah, that famous 166 for Australia A against South Africa uh-huh. that led him to be picked for Australia. And George yep. Bailey made a ton too. Good and old Bales. The interesting one was that um, Tassie dropped Jordan Silk, the opener, and replaced yeah. him with Tim Payne, a bloke they dropped mm. earlier in the season because he couldn't make any runs batting at seven. The man yeah. with the one first class hundred. That's right. Yeah. So they brought him back as an opener, and he made two. Ha! <laughs> I'll bet it. That's yeah. very weird. To be yeah. fair, they only, made, they only got 400 in front, so it's not like he was the only one who missed out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and now the Vicks are in deep strife at seven for 115. In... The Solomon Meyer. And... <laughs> <laughs> But then Cameron White and Scott Boland got together and White belted 100 
off 118 balls to yep. be not out at the end of the day's play. And um, yep. Scott Bolton was on 50 not out. But, uh, no, the stag bowl. Yeah, yeah. So... Plays. That's all that Futures League cricket, Ross, that's really helped Cam Oh, White. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He just, the endless um, amount of games in the Futures League for Cam <laughs> He is the future. That's what I say about all, <laughs> all 32-year-olds. Stuff yeah. this under-24 rubbish. Get more 32-year-olds into the team. <laughs> that's what I reckon, anyway. So, right at the moment, it's... Um, it's all over down in um, Tassie now. The Vicks got rolled this morning, all out for 265. So, well, well they, yeah, they didn't add many more to the overnight total. Mm. Uh, Cam White, he was out for 106, and Bolan was out without adding to his score. So, <laughs> Vicks done by an innings and plenty. Mm. Oh, yeah. that's weird. Like, they're yep. really, you know, undefeated this year, and just to get rolled by, like, the worst side. Yes, Tassie on the bottom, Vicks are on the top, so... Yeah. Have you know what they did? You know what Tassie did? They got mm. the rooms beforehand and said, let's do it for Hilfie. Oh, yes. You know how, because, you know... He retired. He's a famous Tasmanian name down yeah, there. Yeah, Once yeah, he pulls yeah. stumps, yeah. you've got to get around him. Yeah. Did he pull stumps? You're a cricket podcaster, mate. Have you not heard this? He retired. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah cool. In, in fairness to Gin, Hilfenhouse's retirement did get overshadowed by the retirement of Dan Cullen. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I, I was covering the Dan Cullen side. Yeah. <laughs> also, he was still reeling from that information. You couldn't take on any more heart. No, well, the 45 hours of research in Spartacus overload no. this week, guys. You know, can't, really, can't fit everything in. Yeah, the other Shield schools, Ross. Oh, the other Shield schools. Very interesting game occurring in Coffs Harbour. It's um, a tribute or a memorial game for Philip Hughes because Coffs mm. Harbour is near his hometown of Maxville. Okay. And it's the two teams, New South Wales and South Australia, the two teams he played for and the, the teams that were playing when he unfortunately passed away. Yeah. Now, uh, it's a bit of a low-scoring affair. Uh, South Australia batted first and made 298. Some interesting information in that innings. They dropped their opener, Tom Cooper, and they dropped yep. their keeper, Tim Ludeman. And they brought in uh, Jake Weatherall to open, and they brought in Alex Carey to keep. South Australia's first innings, 298. It was made around another century to Jake Lehman in just his seventh game. That's his fourth. The moustache out of the game. Yeah, fourth, fourth class, 107 games. Mm, so he made a tonne. Jake Weatherall, the debutante, made 50. Mm. Uh, Alex Carey made 48, the wicketkeeper debutante. And then a second gamer, the fast bowler Cameron Valenti, he made 40-odd. So yeah, between them, done. they made all the runs, and all the experienced blokes made single figures. Yeah. <laughs> so you say time for a rebuild, Ross. Well, I think you look at that and you just go, hmm, why don't we just play all first gamers? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How I'm... How long before Jake Lehman starts being spoken about as a test smoky? Yeah. Oh, he's made more so. first class. Oh, how's he got a how's he short marsh? Yeah. 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 They're so young, I think. They might want to say, give him a couple of years of this and then he'll be straight. Oh, Rob Marshall probably doesn't know who he is. Yeah. yeah. No, he's, he's all about nepotism, so he'll yeah, be like, Rob Marshall. Darren Lehman, like, this is my son, Jake. And Rob Marshall like, walked over to like, the five-year-old kids down there. He said, hey, Jake. Hey, go on, buddy. Yeah, you make five times, uh, New South Wales, uh, though, are closing in on victory here. They need just 30 more runs um, to secure victory. Then Ben Rohr is on 92 not out, and Trent oh. Copeland's on 33 not out. So it looks like they're actually going to win. Um, South Australia were looking in control there, but um, rolled for 177. So Trent Copeland took Pfeiffer, and um, 
for South Australia, uh, Joe Menny took forfer and Dan Worrell forfer. So Joe Menny's been in excellent form all season and he's the leading wicket-taker in Shield cricket. So. Yeah, right. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, though, for South Australia, it looks like it's all going to be um, in vain. In vain. Oh. They're not going to win. Uh, interesting one that um, Tom Cooper was dropped from the team during the week. And I just wanted to run by you some Tom Cooper quotes, and you can tell me whether they're fact or fiction. So it might might be a true quote, it might be a fake quote, or the content, you know, whatever. Okay, so here's from Tom Cooper. Quote, It's been a lean year for quite a lot of guys. If you go looking through the stats, in previous years you have a lot of blokes getting close to the 1,000 run mark. End quote. Fact or fiction? Fact. 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 Okay. <laughs> I don't think in previous years a lot of blokes have been getting close to a thousand run mark. No. no. Oh, so you're saying what? Oh, sorry. Oh, my he God. actually so said it. Saying is fiction. He no, actually. I thought, I thought we were working out whether these are real Tom Cooper quotes. Oh, sorry. No. He's, oh, he I'm on said the game this. Now. I'm in. Yeah. yeah. He it's said fiction. it, but that's crap. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. So, currently, there's uh, four shield batsmen. Uh. On Ben Dunks on 825 runs, Cameron Bancroft's on 654, George Bailey 651, and Matt Renshaw 632. Fact. That's facts. Tom Cooper. <laughs> yeah, good pull. <laughs> over to Tom Cooper. Quote, looking at this year, it doesn't look like too many are going to reach that 1,000 run mark. End quote. Fiction. Fiction. <laughs> Fiction. Fact. Fiction. Oh. Anyway, so I guess it is, it is um, interesting because Cooper has... Average just 17.78. Yeah, well, oh, he could be a New Zealand legend if he keeps that up. <laughs> and, um, uh, only if he plays in the right spirit, Nubs. Yeah. His top score this season's been 52 in, oh. in seven first-class matches. Jeez. Okay, here's another quote for you. They, the Adelaide, ground oval, Adelaide Oval ground staff, left a bit more grass on the wicket, which isn't ideal for batsmen. Well, that's a fact. Yeah, well, that's true. That's okay. not good for batsmen. Yeah. Unless it has tennis ball bounce. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I'm on yeah. borderline. And here's another quote from uh, Tom Cooper, the last one. Quote, I went to the Redback selectors, got their thoughts on it, and fortunately they were happy to release me to go play in a World Cup. End quote. Fact. Fact. It, that that is a from... fact. He, well, he got the name wrong. It's not a World Cup. It's a World T20. Yes. He's going idiot. to play for the Netherlands in the World T20. Dave mm, style. Mm, yeah. That's right. Now, one of New South Wales players who made his debut was a 17-year-old off-spinner called Arjun Nair. Yeah. yeah he's playing first-grade cricket in Sydney at 15. He was at uni at 16, making his first-class debut at 17. So he's one of those chronic overachievers. Yeah, <laughs> like Ten Dooker style. Yes. And I he bet he plays like violin. Like oh, yes. Level Flies playing too. Jazz flute or something. Yeah. <laughs> he learned the Doozra from watching Samuel Narayan on YouTube. Oh, yes, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And he's We're a bit really of a batsman too. He made 37, uh, not out, and a couple of wickets for New South Wales in the current game. I did Ooh. notice um, there's a sharp piece of fielding that dismissed Nick Maddinson. And uh, he's had a blonde rinse through his hair. Who has? Uh, Nick Maddinson. Really? Oh. Yeah, the New South Wales captain. Is that to take the focus off his giant ears? <laughs> I think so. But he <laughs> now now he has hair the colour of a morning piss. <laughs> <laughs>
understood why people got piss coloured hair. You see it a lot, <laughs> especially in certain lower social. Oh, oh, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that from Ross, <laughs> uh, from Mick maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of drive-bys today, guys. <laughs> oh, no, that's great. All right, and then <laughs> the third game is uh, currently underway at the Wacker. It's Western Australia versus Queensland. It's been a bit of a slow scoring affair. High scoring, but slow scoring. Uh, Western Australia made six declared for 436. Cam Bancroft made 170 uh, odd. And Sean Marsh made 95. Mm. Yeah. Uh, in reply, Queensland made eight for 446. So just past their total. Chris Lynn made 100. And Manus Labushagni, our man. The flying lasagna. Yes, 103. Yep. Oh, yes, very good effort. Friend of the show. Friend of the Love show. Love hug me. Yeah. And Love hug me. In reply, Western or not in reply, so in their second innings now, um, Western Australia are 1477. So it's headed for a draw by the look of things. Yep. <coughs> Excuse me. Yes. So lots happening in the shield. There'll be a big effect there on the... Um, Shield points table, no doubt, but we've still got two rounds to go. And the points table, no one knows how it all works anyway. So you just no, that's right. You have to wait for <laughs> the end of the game. Yeah. Yep. They keyed into the spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be it. Yeah. Yeah. Dan Worrell. Oh, there's a bit of live commentary about Dan Worrell. There we go. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, the so future... This is DJ Senate Cloud 9. DJ Worrell. Hey, good was that photo from the Matador? He had the big, huge sideburns. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I do I do no, love his way. run into the crease, his approach, his run-up. Um, Dan Ooh. Worrell, he was he, bowled, he sort of comes in at a 45-degree angle. Oh, yeah. And he does, the little, he does yeah. the little ball pump behind his ass halfway through his run-up. Okay. You know how players would run in with, the, like, Brett Lee. He just yeah. holds the ball in about the same spot. Well, yeah. Dan Worrell holds it up sort of at chest height, and then at one stage in his run-up... Puts the ball down, sort of behind his pocket, and then yeah. back, lifts it back up again. It's Ew, yeah, shiesty trickster. Yeah, yeah. ball tampering. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, but he was he was bowling around the wicket the other day. I was watching the live stream, and he he starts his run up where a normal bowler would bowl over the wicket. <laughs> so he starts to the left of the umpire and then runs yeah. behind the umpire and across and comes out the other side of the umpire and then bowls around the wicket. Geez, that'd be fun to face. Yeah. 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 Just appear at the bottom of the last <laughs> second. <laughs> Send him down 135 yeah. k's out of Thunderbolt. I didn't give him a bit of credit. I don't know if I was that fast. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. <laughs> no idea. The, the... I just know we did a good set last night at Cloud9. <laughs> I thought he was at Track Nightclub, or is he a special guest DJ there? Well, I did some research last night as well with the young kids down at Cricket Club and worked out a few actual uh, nightclubs that kids go to. And Cloud Night is apparently one of them. Yeah, apparently. Right. Yeah. That's re- I was doing research for the podcast there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were um, researching together. Boy. The, the final round, something that uh, I know you're all um, very keen to hear about, the final round of the Futures League starts on Monday. Yeah, right. Okay. WA and Tassie are playing at Lilac Hill number two. Victoria versus South Australia are out at the Russell Lucas. Oh, good. And Queensland and the ACT meet at the Allen Border Field. Uh-huh. Yes, so there's only one thing this competition needs, and that's a final. Yes. Yes, so Futures League final, make it happen. Yes. Okay. 
Yep. We'll so try, mate. That's my call out to James Sullen. Make it happen. Ah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You reckon Jimbo listens to this? Oh, I'm yeah, pretty yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. How else will you know what's going on in the world of cricket? Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard the competition? Yeah. Well, we're number eight on iTunes now when you type in Ooh. cricket to search. We're still us. losing to the 2005 Ashes podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the 11-year-old yes. podcast. Yes. <laughs> it was a particularly good series, though. That was a good series, Rossi. Well, with that comprehensive... listening to it. Comprehensive wrap-up of um, Shield and yep. Futures League Cricket. It's over to Mick for Inside Clubland. Oh, ah, this will get me ready. I'll be back in the game after this. All righty. So, um, yeah, so we've got so for this uh, week of Inside Clubland, I've stuck to the theme that, te- the theme that keeps on giving, and we've gone <laughs> for uh, more personalities of Clubland, and we've, gone on, we've stayed on field as well. So uh, the first bloke I've got is the cricket-only bloke. So this is the guy whose sole interest in clubland is cricket. He doesn't miss a training session or a game, but as soon as play is finished, he's out the door quicker than a sober girl at Ricky Nixon's house. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. The cricket-only bloke has no interest in Thursday night meals or club functions. He has plans every Saturday night with a mysterious partner or group of mates that <laughs> no one has ever seen down the club. Hashtag better, mate. You run into the COB at the local supermarket where you share a conversation with him and his missus. He introduces you as one of the guys from cricket. <laughs> and you chat for five minutes before all parties fall silent and you simply look at each other, nod, and walk away. As you stroll away, you have, you, you have to think back to the time your grandma burst in on you and your missus going hammering tongs back in your college days to think of a more awkward introduction. Oh, I was wondering where that was going. Yeah. G'day, Nan. Yeah, this is Felicity. You've heard so much about <laughs> <laughs> The only time the COB breaks his no-function rule is to pick to pick up his second 11 batting average trophy. Ignoring the semi-formal dress code to, to wear his going out jeans and new runners. That's right, the COB is a sneeze man. Yes. <laughs> Although he, he ignores almost all club functions, the COB pays his subs early and always buys a raffle ticket before palming it off and heading out the door. For that, he should be commended. <laughs> yes, the all right, so that's the COB. Uh, so we move on to the stone wall. <laughs> so the stone wall is the type of bloke who prefers to watch a well-thought-out 100-ball 7 seven over a quick 5.50. He longs for the days of timeless tests and still feels Bill Laurie is the perfect example of what a test batsman should be. <laughs> the Stonewall usually owns a personality that mirrors his batting. Solid, <laughs> but boring as batshit. <laughs> now, this will not stop the boys from feeding him bulk beers at every function trying to get him to spark up. And that he does, with usually an explosive display of vulgarity and telling people what he thinks of them. You've always been a weak prick, and no one likes you. <laughs> Isn't the best way to welcome the third 11's 12-year-old off-spinner to the club. <laughs> Unfortunately, this will lead to a self-imposed alcohol ban for the Stonewall, but it will at least give the boys enough ammunition to ridicule the Stonewall for the next 20 weeks, <laughs> and make sure he isn't left out of Thursday and Saturday night roasts. I might have made a duck, but at least I never caught a 12-year-old kid a weak freak. <laughs> the Stonewall is an integral part of a well-balanced batting lineup, And even though he's let more maidens go, go by untouched than Ricky Martin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pronounced Ricky Martin. Mm, yeah. 
Alrighty, so uh, last but not least, we've got the Thursday night or the training start. This is the type of bloke who, when encased within the surrounds of the Nets, looks like an utter champion who Warner McGrath in their prime could be trouble. But then walks out Saturday afternoon and couldn't get runs if he was eating a two-day-old curry. <laughs> or he may be the bloke who bowls unplayable swinging Yorkers all night on Thursday to only walk out on the weekend and dish up more fruit than a vegan child's birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> the Thursday night star is the cricket equivalent of the cute girl at school who shows a little cleavage but never dates anyone. They're a fucking tease. <laughs> The TNS will show you just enough to think you're onto a good thing before pulling the rug out from under you and making you look stupid in front of your mates. The Thursday night start doesn't even limit his disappointment to his cricket ability. He'll talk up a storm of training having the boys in stitches. He then proceeds to spend all Saturday afternoon doing his best Charlie Chaplin impersonation <laughs> by not uttering a single word until you hob the number 11 and he gives them an explicit... explicit laced send-off that would make Brendan McCullum's spirit of cricket faint. <laughs> but for some unexplained reason, despite all his flaws, the Thursday night star will get picked again next week, where he will send down a delivery that has more bounces than a Mitch McGowan run down the MCG wings. I'm sure the fact he's the coach's brother-in-law is just a coincidence. <laughs> and that's Inside Club Land for Nick. this week. Good, Good work, Nick. I do Excellent like as always. Mm. Uh, ben Rohr has just made his century for New South Wales. They're closing in on victory here. The Rohorah. Yes. And we now, we now move on to women's cricket. And the hey. Southern Stars, the Australian women's team, have been in New Zealand contesting the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Three one-day games at Mount Manganui, a picturesque seaside town on the North Island. Uh-huh. The first game, New Zealand won. The second game, uh, New Zealand batted first and made 206 off their 50 overs. And Australia Australia chased it down. Two for 210 off 41 overs. Oh, Meg yes. Lanning. Yeah, Meg uh, Lanning, 114 not out off 113 balls. Her seventh ODI ton. And Elise Perry was 64 not out. And Ooh, earlier in the easy. day, Jess Johannesson took five for 50. Oh, nice. So it was one all, all to play for in the third game. New Zealand batted first again. They made 243 off their 50 overs. Mm-hmm. But Australia chased it down with eight balls to spare. They made four for 244. Meg Lanning, 127 off 135. Oh, yeah. good Back form. to Mac Tons. And Alex Blackwell made 50 not out. Mm. Nice. No. Oh, it's good to see New Zealand losing a series again. Yeah. yeah. That's always yeah. fun, isn't they it? They haven't lost the Rose Bowl now, the Aussies, since, what, 92, Ross? Oh, I'm not sure. I can't Something like that, yeah. It's, a, it's an amazing stretch. Yeah. The um, uh, What's happening today in women's cricket is that it's the first T20 match, uh, Australia versus New Zealand. There's three of them. The first one's on today at the Basin Reserve in Wellington currently going on at the moment yes and it sort of makes you wonder why aren't the australian men's team playing the new zealand women's uh, men's team there now hmm. well there's a game on mate they can't yeah the women are playing no no, no but double headers <laughs> oh double header, yeah. uh, so we played yeah. three odis against new zealand and two tests why didn't we finish off with three t20s and double headers with the women especially when there's a world cup coming yeah. up or world instead T20 the australian cup. men's yeah. team are flying to south africa today to play yep. three T20s against South Africa. Anyway, <laughs> doesn't seem to make sense. 
Anyway, uh, interesting to note that um, Australia, from that victory in the Rose Bowl, in the ICC Women's Championship points, Australia collected two points and New Zealand collected zero because Australia won the series. They get two points, the New Zealand get zero. And that goes towards a points table that's up, been up and running since August 2014 for women's <gasps> cricket, international women's cricket. Yes, yeah, so Australia on top. They've played 15 matches and won 12 of them. And they've got 24 points for the series that they've won. Um, yep. Second is West Indies, third New Zealand, fourth India, fifth England, sixth South Africa, seventh Pakistan, and eighth Sri Lanka. And they've all played between 12 and 15 matches, so it's fairly even. Yeah. Mm. And uh, the reason that they've got this points table is that the Women's World Cup coming up in 2017, there'll be eight sides participate in that, each side playing each other. The top four sides um, from the ongoing ICC Women's Championship will qualify for the event, while the remainder, the other four spots, will be decided by a 10-team qualification, qualification tournament in early 2017. So it's sort of making each one-day series worth something. Yeah, 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 that's good. Top four qualify, next four got to go into the mix with other associate countries and, and yeah. actually qualify for the World Cup. Hmm. So the uh, World Cup, some interesting news on the Women's World Cup is that there will be games at Derbyshire, Gloucester, Leicester and Somerset. And yep. Lords will host the Women's World Cup final. Oh, good. Hey. Yes, on the 23rd of July. In 2017. Kiss off all the MCC members, mate. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, well, we can't have that on our. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Burned by egg and bacon tart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's what's happening in women's cricket. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice wrap up, Ross. No worries. It's over now to David for people who can piss off. <laughs> right. So I've got a couple today. Um, the first one, Ross, is Cameron Akmal. Mm-hmm. Um, playing in the Pakistan Super League. Oh, yeah, Drop the wild thing. Yes. Uh, hat-trick ball. Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> On a hat-trick. And yeah. Big Cameron Akmal, not for the first time in his career, I should say, dropped an important catch. <laughs> you don't get too many opportunities to get a hat-trick, especially in T20 cricket. Yeah, yeah. So, Akmal, hold on to your catches, mate. So, he's the George Karatsis of yep. the <laughs> Pakistan Super League. Yep. Yeah. You know who else can piss off? Sean Tate. <laughs> for spraying his hat-trick ball down leg. <laughs> it, it was like outside leg stuff. Oh, really? And old mate gets a little edge on it. And then Cameron Ackwell has to dive to take a catch. Oh. And then he sprayed his hat-trick ball down leg. Lucky enough to get an edge on it. Ackwell drops it. Not an easy catch. Yeah. And he just stands in the middle of the pitch with his arms in the air. <laughs> hey, mate, try and hit the fucking stumps, pal. <laughs> it's a hat-trick ball. Well, he's never been able to do that. That's right. So, place. Sean Tate and Ackwell, <laughs> calamity. They can all piss off. Hey, Ross, you know how to piss off? No, no. Tell me, David. Richard Kettleborough and Ranmore Martinez, <laughs> the umpires in the New Zealand versus Australia game, warning both sides for throwing the ball into the ground back to the yeah, keeper. Yes. Who, uh, what, where's the length police? I know exactly how far you can throw. You didn't reach that length. <laughs> Some blokes just don't have a good arm. It bounces in. Well, it's just like the helmet test before every game. When yeah. they come to go, give us your helmet. They yeah. go, okay. As far as you can. Yeah. 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 They don't do shit when they do in the one day. Is. Yeah, no. They pick it directly into the practice pitches yeah. every time in one day to try and soften the ball. But in test cricket, all of a sudden, well, it's a massive deal. Soon they're going to ban, like, just half volleys or back of the yeah. next volley. Everything's going to be a full bunner because you, yeah, you can't <laughs> fall bounce. Yeah, so, 
Hey, Ross, you know how piss off? No, David, tell me. Our co-host, Alex Mann. What? For calling copy and paste from a website, research. <laughs> oh, just copies, paste, drags it into a word doc, prints it out, right, that's research. Bullshit. I will exhibit A of stuff I've actually typed here. It's not yeah, much. You get no right of reply. I broke a heading. <laughs> no right of reply. So, Alex Mann, uh, the umpire, Sean Tate, and Cameron Ackman, you can all piss off. Dude, I, think I, do, I get pissed off every week. <laughs> You're getting there. Mm. I pissed off a few umpires too in the last yeah. couple of days. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, very good, Paul. I've got a, thank you, Ross. Yeah, I've got an update on the New South Wales versus South Australia Shield match. Trent Copeland has just edged the ball through the vacant fourth slip down the boundary for four, and New South Wales have won. Great way to bring it up. Yeah. A healthy crowd of 150 people at Coffs Harbour watching this game (laughs) should take more shield matches to the country, I say. Exactly. All right, we move on now to national team talk. It's time for a wrap-up of the Australia versus New Zealand Test Series. Aussies are number one again yeah, in the yeah. world. Get around us for yeah. two months until someone else takes our mantle. Yeah. Yes. Until South Africa plays someone again. Mm. Mm. I thought they stood up pretty well, Ross. Um, yep. They went over there, question marks about their batting technique on yeah. New Zealand Green Seamers. They won a couple of good tosses to win, yeah. obviously. But yeah. yeah, I thought they batted pretty well. Bowling was good. Josh Hazelwood losing his shit. I didn't mind that. That was pretty good. He's such a nerd. That guy shouldn't get angry. <laughs> he just <laughs> looks no. like a nerd. Like, don't get angry because you just don't look scary. Yeah. You know? You're not intimidating anyone. You don't bowl quick. You don't bowl with that many bounces, and you look like a pinhead. <laughs> He's got a really small off. mouth too, Josh Hazel. Yeah. yeah. It just looks like yeah. A it kid. looks like an emoji. <laughs> <laughs> a tiny little mouth. All angry and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, Joe Burns batted well. Yes. Yes. Yep. Steve Smith as well. 130. Yep. Adam Vogel. just got big runs. The one who did seem to miss out in the batting lineup was uh, Dave Warner. Yeah, he's yeah. worst series ever, apparently. His worst series yeah. ever, statistically. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Didn't really do anything in the Toys. Didn't really take didn't take a catch, did he? No. Nah. He batted really well. No, he took an absolute burn. McCullum's last ever. Ah, yeah, okay. No, he did. So he had an impact. But the interesting thing is now that. Joe Burns is average is now up around forty five. Mm. So the word is that like he's the best batsman in New Zealand history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's changed the game. Yeah, yeah. changing the game. He's smiling like so, yeah. We'll never lose an opportunity to give McCullum a bit of a clip, will we? No, <laughs> no, no, speaking of McCullum, and yeah. I'm no fan of McCullum when it comes to obviously this podcast people know. Yeah. But some of the sentiment on Twitter when he retired Oh, when, yeah. he, when he went out the, the second, second innings. Thing, yeah. <laughs> Vitriolic, I heard. Excuse me. Yes, that's right. Yeah. He made the fastest ever 100 batting exactly the same way in the first innings. Yeah. And then you whinge about it when he yeah, does, yeah, tries yeah. to do the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. You can't have it both ways. Exactly. And it's like the old Sayward <laughs> thing. Whenever the Sayward can score like a runner ball 300, everyone yeah. loves him, and the next in goes yeah. out for a blob. Scores because it's how he plays. Yeah. Everyone gets on him. It's oh, like, can't. What do you know how he plays? Yeah. Anyway, that's my thoughts on it, Ross. What yeah. do you think? What Give did, us a call. Well, what did you make of um, James Pattinson overstepping? Oh, oh. big dumb Pato. Yeah. I'd drop him. Apparently, um, from what I read, big Buff Lehman tore strips off him in the rooms <laughs> after that. Like, really bad, apparently. Yeah. I was... Like, yeah. so it's, what, it's about the second wicket in about four tests for him that's happened. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those four tests were over... 
four years, obviously, because yeah. you had to find one I was um, flicking through the news archive on the Cricket Australia app, and there was a the day it happened, and I was flicking down. There was one article dated four days ago, and um, it had on there Pattinson says no ball worries are over. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's pretty dumb. I don't understand why the bowlers bowl like that. Mm. And it's a fair catch by Mitch Marsh too. Bloody what's yeah, bloody oh. Yeah. Save four. Yeah. <laughs> Save three. No, four. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, the yeah, no, the one I found interesting for New Zealand was they dropped their spinner or batsman who bowls rubbish, Mark Craig. Yes, mm. their best bat. Yeah, and brought in um, Wagner. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Right? And but, but judging by the way Wagner bowled, he should stick to composing classical music. <laughs> I was going to say, why didn't they bring in Bach? But uh, yeah. bring bring Wagner Bach, even yeah. I'm surprised that um in the sentiment of the game they just didn't pull Nathan McCullum out of retirement, just give him a game <laughs> so they can play with his brother. Yeah. Interesting, you mentioned that. I'll be speaking about Nathan uh, McCullum later. Oh, there's a the, reason why they didn't pull him out of retirement. The ground announcer. Yeah, shit. <laughs> the ground announcer at uh, the first test introduced Brendan McCullum as Nathan <laughs> when he went out to bat. Well, in fairness, Nathan McCullum's probably averaging about 30 as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you make, Alex, of Wagner bowling down leg side all the time? To the, the short stuff? Yeah, the short down leg, board. and he got Burns and Smith caught at square leg, almost identical. He got six for... Yeah, he got six for doing it. Um... I like credit to McCullum, flat deck doing absolutely nothing. How do we get wickets? It's negative tactics to do the every pole short ball, every ball and bang them in seven on the leg side or something mm. like that. But it worked, and well, it did really work. Straight well, bowled five hundred on the test. Yeah, if McCullum had made a two hundred. Remember, they say 300 ball, 157, they probably wouldn't have lost his test. That's true. So he cost them by batting. So yeah, so by making the fastest. We were like halfway to their score at the end of the first day. 450 yeah. runs or something were scored in yeah. one of that test. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. So interesting tactics. I'm all for it because within the rules of the game, just like I'm all for man catting. <laughs> hey, oh, heathen. You're a heathen. Like, it's a rule. It's there. You can man cat. Why people go on about how you shouldn't do it, well... Don't bowl short balls at tail enders then if yeah. you're talking about spirit of cricket. Yeah, or don't hook the ball for six because that's yeah. not the spirit of yeah. cricket. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, especially when the guy's bowling so well. We don't hit him for a bounce. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. You're bowling really well. Bro. Yeah, I'll just bowl this short trash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I got um, asked to have a rant about man catting on the podcast. I'm all for it. More man cats. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Give a man cat every, every test. I want three man cat wickets. Yeah. <laughs> Who gets the wicket? Does it go to the bowler or does it go as a run out? Is it an unassisted run-out, wouldn't it? Yeah, mm. I guess. Well, fair enough. Um, I was wondering, uh, Australia's next test assignment is uh, against Sri Lanka in July. Mm-hmm. So we wait and see what uh, lineup they'll take there. Maybe some more spinners? Adam Zamper or Ashton Agar? Mm. Glenn Maxwell? Yeah, I have a feeling they'll put Agar in the squad. Yep. I'm not sure he'll get a game, but... So the, the schedule for that hasn't been released yet, but Buff Lehman hinted that they were going to play two or more tour matches on that. Ah, yeah. okay. I was like, wow. That's good. Are you sure the players won't be exhausted? Will they be able to do that? <laughs> Especially all these long five-day tests they all play. Yeah. But never actually get to five days. Mm. 
Uh, David Warner had a bit of a complaint about the crowd behaviour. Yeah, Pete yeah. Richie, I did read that. Yeah. He, he also called the cattle black, I believe. Yes. <laughs> he said the, the abuse was derogatory and vulgar. Yes. Oh, I don't even realise he knew what those words meant. No. Or, a.k.a. Australian cricketer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the word is, apparently they got, they got, the reason they got so upset, probably him in particular, is because they're actually saying shit about their kids. Yeah. Like when I fielded on the fence and that, so it's probably a little bit much. Like you can call Dave Warner a dickhead because he's a dickhead, yeah. but I don't need to call. We don't know whether his kids are dickheads yet, so you know. Probably, yeah, exactly. Right. It's all speculation. Oh, we both under two, so we don't have. I think the main problem the spectators had was they forgot to say allegedly. Well, they're just not, you know, media moguls like us. They don't know yeah. the game. I think the problem, too, was old mate Beachy for sport wasn't in the crowd monitoring everyone yeah. and making sure yeah. everyone Isn't held, he up, held up oh, to Brendan McCullum's high standard of wankiness. I'm right, he's already dead. copped it. I'm, I'm going to keep it to him. Who's this? That Beachy. Oh, uh, he's, he's a New Zealand. I think he's like New Zealand Mark Robinson. He's just a fucking idiot. <laughs> journalist, allegedly. No, no, no. Nah, he is I've read his Facebook stuff. I don't like Michael speaks not on behalf of the cricket podcast. He speaks on behalf of me, all right? I'll back into this. Yeah, I'm backing him in. I've never heard of this bloke, but I'm backing Mick in here. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's one of those blokes who bangs on about the old... He's one of Brendan McCullum's Care Bears. So oh, he's, yeah, he's a, a sycophantic um, Care Bear. Yeah, yeah he has a big um, social media presence. Massive. Yeah, he's big. It's because he is New Zealand's one journalist. Uh, right. yeah. So like, so he does the weather, <laughs> tornado. He has to go there. He does the sport. Like, he does everything. Oh God! He has. I have enough time to write diatribe on Facebook after doing all those things. Hey, Ross. Alex is jumping out of his skin here. He's got a real big dossier in front of him. All right. Yeah. And he's ready to go through it. Yeah. We're actually just hey, talking. Before we quickly do that, I just, i just the more I've been listening to what we've been talking about. The Glenn Maxwell thing. Oh, no, he's gone. No, no, he's no, on no, the Maxwell no, no. again. I reckon he wouldn't have played. He might not have played this year game anyway. He's on the plane to South Africa for the T20. Oh, you're uh, right. He wouldn't have. You're so that's right. probably why he was yes. one of the boys chosen to go field. Yes. Hey, but that's interesting that's because... Time, oh, no, just put two and two together when Ross talked about it. But that's... When Ross talked about the T20. Yeah, that's interesting because that's true. Adam Zampa's sitting out the Shield match or sat out this Shield match in Coffs Harbour because he's getting on a plane today. But Nathan Coulter-Nile is playing in the WA versus Queensland Shield match at the WACA. It's close to South Africa, WA. Yeah, true. So they could just get on the plane after the game, I suppose. Yeah, but he was meant to be replaced by Joel Paris at the end of day two, but he played day three as well. So there you go. Mm, hyphen power. Mm, power of the hyphen. Mm. Yes. <laughs> All right, uh, we move now to Forgotten Cricketers. Hey. Yes, and this week we look at Ryan Campbell. You might yes. remember. Yes, you might remember him. He's forty-three years old now. He played two ODIs for Australia in two thousand and two, and ninety-eight first-class matches for WA. And Didn't he, he debut when Brendan McCullum debuted? I'm not sure. He might have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He could have. Uh, so, <laughs> Campbell, Ryan Campbell, is of Hong Kong Chinese heritage. Yep. Yes. He moved to Hong Kong in 2012 to take up the role as head coach of the prestigious Kowloon Cricket Club, where the Hong Kong Sixers are played. Ah, is that Kowloon? Rory Kowloon? Yeah. 
Kowloon, I think it is. Oh, sorry. He's Kowloon grand- Bay. He's, yes, his grandmother's um, Chinese and his great-grandfather was born in Kowloon. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, um, See, that's a fun fact. Yeah. Take notes out. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Hong Kong are ranked 12 in the World T20 rankings. Oh, wow. Mm. Who are they in front of, Ross? Uh, they're in front of such countries as Congo. Yep, I was with... actually just about to say that. It's weird. Argentina. Bermuda. Yep. Yeah. Argentina, the head of Argentina. They're also yeah. ahead of China, strangely enough. Mm. The head of the Vatican or the Vatican Eleven? <laughs> <laughs> Glass eye stuff. <laughs> I believe they are. And also San Marino, they're ahead of them. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Monaco too? Yes, yes. They've got the wood on them, yes, in the... Uh, <laughs> Intercontinental European Championship they played in, they beat Monaco 3 0. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I heard Isle of Man played well with the last day qualifying. <laughs> Come on. It's they did. And, and it was a really, really tight tussle between Tibet and Greenland. That was a great fit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the World T20 has a Super 10 phase, but prior to that, there's um, teams battling it out to make it into that Super 10, and Hong Kong are in a um, in a group with Zimbabwe, Scotland, and Afghanistan. Yeah. So they're fighting it out, I think, for two spots in the Super 10, or maybe it's one spot. I can't remember. Does, it, does this tie back to Ryan Campbell in any way? Ross? Yes, well, he's playing for Hong Kong. <laughs> mm. Oh, so, uh, yeah. Yes. So um, he's, uh, this is a quote from Campbell. Uh, I'm pretty nervous, to be honest. Uh, it's been a while since I played international cricket. Fact. But if you look at my numbers... I think I'm still one of the best batsmen in Hong Kong. <laughs> one of the best batsmen in Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, so I recently cricket team were in a layover in Hong Kong for a couple of hours at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as I've been, the, as I've been the fastest bloke at Fat Camp. <laughs> that reminds me of a Snoopy comic where one of the kids says, "I'm the best baseball player in this particular corner of the backyard." <laughs> Yeah, Snoopy comic. How yes. old are you? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, his, his coach Simon Cook backed him up there. Said Campbell's form in Hong Kong has been good in Premier League and Sunday games for Kowloon Cricket Club. So <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, so that's my forgotten cricketer Ryan Campbell back in yeah, international. That was great. Mm, no worries. And well, he Carl invented was, the ramp shot, didn't he? Well, he was part of one of the early adopters. If he didn't, yeah, one of the deal scoopers. Yep. Yes, we move now to international cricket, and it's over to Alex for a wrap of the Pakistan Super League. Well, I might leave it, mate, because we're at the hour, so... Keep going. Sure? Yep, go for it. Okay. Just don't waffle. Can you do a bastardised version of it? I will. So, the PSL, or Pakistani Super League, finished up on Tuesday of this week. Mm -hmm. Um, My team... The Islamabad United, yep. which is a uh, merger between Islamabad City and North Islamabad. Yep. Um, <laughs> they won it. They finished. They finished. Uh, let me just have a look here in all my research. I'll they finished first. I think you'll find if they won it. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't going to waffle, but now it's definitely going to waffle. <laughs> um, they finished third on the ladder. Ah, yes. And uh, yeah. Had to go the long way around. So they What was a... the final structure in the PSL? Well, it's funny. Five-team competition, yeah. four teams make finals. Oh, oh. it's controversial. Yes. Yeah, so the um, Lahore Qualanders didn't make it, but everyone else did. 
So mm. the final structure is Who's 1v2. Sorry, I'll get there. Oh. 1v2, winner goes into the granny. 3v4, play the loser in 1v2, mm. and then they go into the... The old McIntyre Final Four system. Yes. Mm. Oh, okay. It's a, one of the best systems of final structures. Yeah. It's really line. good when there's, say, eight or more teams, though, rather than five. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they probably should have just had a, I don't know, let's say like a three-match playoff for the yeah, one versus two. Interesting one. Yeah, one versus two, three games. Yeah, something like that. Mm. So, anyway, the, uh, there was previously a uh, 2020 competition in Pakistan, but they've decided to start the Super League this year with a, I think we spoke about it previously, a glorious opening ceremony mm. where they sung the anthem, um, Abkel K. Dika, was sung by Ali Zafar. Right. Yep. Uh, Wazim and Rumbi's Raja are the brand ambassadors. They spread the image of Pakistan around the world and the PSL. Mm. Um, other things around the world too, allegedly. Yes. <laughs> so the first season of the league play has players from 11 different countries. Uh, there must be, I think, seven Pakistanis playing at all times in the 11th, but you can pick as many international players as you want. And wouldn't that be seven and four then? I was like, you can't be like... No, 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 in your squad, oh, you squad, have overseas yeah. players, but you squad. have to play seven Pakistani yeah. players. Yeah, yeah, all right, sorry. We don't listen, boys. This synergy right here is the reason why we're the number one cricket podcast <laughs> Is ever. there 35, like, half-decent Pakistan cricketers to play, but There is, and I have the squad oh, right okay. in front of me. Which I typed out. Copy paste. Copy paste into a spreadsheet with multiple colours, I think not. <laughs> Let's go. Come on. Yes, you were conscious so, of time two minutes. So five now. teams. I'm getting excited. Five teams. The Lambay <laughs> United, my boys. The Karachi Kings, the Lahore Commanders, Peshawar Zalmi, mm. and the Quetta Gladiators. Now, what is a Quetta? I hear you ask. Uh, fun yes. fact. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Fun fact, if I can get to it. There we go. Quetta is a person who has excelled in seeing things. And advances stage by stage into the being. He even rises above the administration system and witnesses the core of oneness in detail. And after enjoying the unity of the being, returns back without losing his braids and then reaches back into his humanly status. So much so that his rise and fall becomes one and the same thing for him. He witnesses part of the whole and sees whole in the part. Then after detaching himself from all this, plunges into a state of ecstasy. So he's sort of like an accountant. Yes. <laughs> no, a Quilander is that. It's, it's um, mythology stuff, but a Quilander is sort of like a noble or a, ki- or a uh, lord, if you will. Ross, could you never ask Gin another question about the team name? So there's five. Um, each team has a icon player, and I think they sat, sit outside. They receive additional payment from the PSL league itself. So Hedda Freedy's one, show of Malik, Shane Watson. Well, uh, Chris Gale and Kevin Peterson, they're the uh, icon players. Ooh. They had a, instead of doing a um, just a buying scheme, they had a draft. So you could nominate for the draft and each team had uh, a, 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 16 mandatory rounds and four optional rounds. And players were divided up into different levels. So you could pick, I think, four from each level of player. So there was platinum is the highest. Then it goes diamond, which is weird. Diamond, then platinum. So it's platinum, the diamond, gold, silver, and then emerging players. They don't even get a colour. No. Or a, an element of wood. Yeah. Yeah, copper. Yeah, copper. <laughs> Tin, that's a good one. <laughs> Aluminum. Yeah. Um, yeah. I won't go over too much about the squads other than um, 
some of the big players. So the Islamabad United, my team, I picked them because they have the original big lug, Muhammad Irfan. Wow. Yeah. So I picked them, my favourite international player. And they also have the unibrow Ahmad Butt in there as well. And Miss Farrell Hucks, their skipper. So oh, I thought yeah. you thought Justin Langham was the original big lug. <laughs> they've also got Ross you'll love this the love muscles in the team Andre Russell yeah Andre good Russ. good Paul Hoops Adams uh, yes Samuel Badgery Shane Watson and Sam Billington international uh, players and a whole bunch of guys I don't know for Pakistan players mm. uh, uh, fun fact about the Karachi King Shawab Malik was their skipper and then quit halfway through and said it, he just was ruining his playing. He was worrying about too much on field trying to captain. So uh, Ravi Bapara took over the captaincy at that mm-hmm. side, which is interesting because all the other guys, all the other captains are Pakistani players. So, yeah. Um, they have a couple of Bangladesh players, Mushfikur Rahim and Shakib Al-Hassan, uh, playing for the Karachi Kings. The Lahore, Lahore Qalanders, um, Azhar Ali is their skipper. Uh, they've got Chris Gale, Dwayne Bravo, Kevin Cooper, who's a West Indies guy, I know nothing about. Oh, Hooper's son. Ah. Ajanta Mendes. Yeah, the uh, Quarrenball bloke from yeah, Sri Lanka. Yeah, he's playing. Uh, Mustafizur Rahman from Bangladesh, international player. Peshwa Zami. Now, these guys were nearly my team because, guess who's captain in guys? Big Shahidi Boo Boo Mafridi. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're the, they're the famous team. Made famous by Cameron Akmal and Topic Shaw and Tatrick They also got knocked out in straight sets two out of the finals. They finished second and went bang, bang. See you later. There's Lama Baby and my boys. They knocked them out. Um, then there's Queta Gladiators, Safraz Ahmed, their skipper. KP played for them. He played, had a really good season. Um, uh, Muhammad Mabo Nabi from Afghanistan is one of their international players. Ah, yeah. Yep. Good they had Grant Elliott from New Zealand, and they also had Nathan McCullough with their squad. Oh. I reckon when they come over, they went, who the fuck's this guy? We kept playing Brendan. Did we? Where's Brendan? Brendan, all the blokes were picking the sides, furiously shuffling through bits of paper. Why did we pick this guy? So they got the wrong McCullough. Brilliant. Um, I'll just do a quick wrap-up of the three games of the, of the finals. The first qualifying final... Between the Quetta Gladiators and Tashawa Zalmi. Uh, Pedersen made a good 53 for the Gladiators. Um, Darren Sammy made a good 38 for Zalmi. So the Quetta Gladiators made 133, and Peshawar is actually a very interesting game. They got they made 132 for 9, and it come down to the last ball of the day. Mm. Yeah, they needed uh, 8 off the last over to win it. Um, get there. Uh, couldn't get there. Darren Sammy, who batted quite well, um, had just been dismissed. So, yeah, we'll look through here. Wahab Rahiz, Rahiz seems to a virgin. Unlike a hero for Peshawar, slamming the second ball. A local toss over cow quarter for four, and then he proceeded to take a single. Three needed off three. If there's anybody's game, I'm reading the uh, cricket phone. It's a copy and paste. Yeah. <laughs> of course it's copy and paste. You do it. Yeah. Um, and then there's two wickets in the next two balls. Team was on a hat-trick. Uh, new man in was unable to hit the last ball for three to win. So, yeah, very, very good qualifying final. Chokes. And the second qualifying final, which was uh, Islamabad United, my boys. Um, beat Karachi Kings, so Islamabad made 115 for one, they were chasing 111 for nine. So Raven Parra batted quite well. Mohamed Sami took five for eight. 
pretty good. And Haddon and Smith for the Los Angeles United made 50s. Cool. Yep. And the third qualifying final, Islamabad United knocked Peshawar Zalmi out in straight sets. Uh, wasn't too much here. They absolutely dated them. Islamabad <laughs> uh, about, about, about a third made 176, and then Peshawar Zalmi made 126, and uh, Cameron made 45, and Carly took 4 for 20. So that was sweet. And the grand final, my boys. Gee, how many times has he said my boys? Come home, they come home with the good fellas. Come home with the wits, though. Adam made a 61 in the final, not out. Smith made a 73. So they're just on the back of Adam Smith as though they've Graham Smith. Sorry? Graham Smith. Steve Smith. Yep, Steve Smith. No, Dwayne Smith. Oh, Dwayne Pipe. Nice. Yeah, they won by six wickets as though they've been. I don't know. Pretty gladiators. Same guy, Cara made a 55, and Shazan made a 64 for the Pretty Gladiators. So I'd be glad that Tanga Kara saved all his runs for Pakistan Super League. So we're going to He made it into the Dud 11 and uh, beat yeah. the <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so I think it was a well-run um, competition, all played out of the one ground. Yep. In the Dubai Cricket International Cricket Stadium. So every game was at the same ground. Dubai International Cricket Stadium is interesting. Yeah, so I think I previously said on this while ago on this podcast that it was in Pakistan. It's not held here. They're talking about holding in Pakistan next year. Yep. A lot of the players love muscle said he wouldn't feel safe. Yep. Going, so. yep. Well, that's, that was an that's excellent cool. synopsis. Thanks, yeah. Alex. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I flew through that because we're sort of running. The um, the coach of your boys, Dean Jones. Yes, oh, I didn't even run through that. Very interesting. Yes, mm. Dean Jones. Interesting oh, selection, I thought. But and Mickey Arthur coaches the Karachi Kings. They did a lot of homework, I think. Out of the mighty have fallen. Yes. Uh, and they step up for Dean Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the Asia Cup is on at the moment. Oh, good. Yes, and it's. It's a te- it used to be a 50-over competition, but um, this instalment of it, at least, is a 20-over competition ahead of the uh, World uh, T20. So yeah. there's a qualifying stage. Afghanistan, UAE, Hong Kong, and Oman were in the qualifying stage. And of those uh, teams, UAE came out on top, so they qualified. It's a bit surprising. I thought Afghanistan would have been the team to make it through, but not to be. They joined then... Uh, India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, and Bangladesh. The UAE jumped in, so there's five teams in the main group, and they're playing each other once um, before the final. So um, it was a case um, overnight of India played Pakistan, and Pakistan were all out for 80-odd, and um, India did it easily. So interesting to see there what's happening. But uh, that's an excellent idea to have it before the World T20 so they get some practice yeah. in Bangladesh. Jaka and Murpur. So. Hello, Leon. Yes. Hello, Leon. <laughs> That's what's happening. Uh, we move now on to listener feedback. Over to you, Alex. Oh, yeah. Uh, my mate Ben Canton thinks I hold the podcast up. Lies. Fiction. If you weren't in, you didn't have a grand scheme to call it, I would have listened. So, yeah. yeah, in fairness, he also thinks Brendan McCollum's a legend of cricket because he's New Zealand. So, true. everything gets taken for <laughs> All right, I had a friend of mine, uh, Brad, got in touch with me and he said, uh, listen to parts of a few of the podcasts, it's pretty sure. good, enjoyed the live commentary the best, keep it up. He must hate himself, he must like sitting, sitting around the uh, podcast machine just listening to the silence. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> Dead air. Loves a good dead air. <laughs> he said you could add a little game for um, everyone to play. Greater than, less than. 
So here's his example. Who has more? Matthew, Cl Matthew Hayden first-class centuries on English soil or Glenn McGraw ducks on English soil? <laughs> so we throw that one open to the listeners. Who does have ah, more? Yes. Matthew Hayden first-class centuries on English soil or Glenn McGraw ducks on English soil? <laughs> That's also a good test to see if anyone actually listens to the end of this. Nah, yes. yeah, we're not going to get any results. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, with, with that, we've come to a close. This has been the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast, another Big Lug production, brought to you by the Gold Star Soft Drink Company and Dick Smith. And Candy Electronics. <laughs> and Masters. We're on all major social media and podcast platforms, iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitter, at Midoff Cricket, on the Inside the Crock and Bush website, and now Tumblr. Yes, whatever that is. We're <laughs> Our next podcast will be in a fortnight on March the 6th. Now, um, no, that's not a fortnight. No, that's next week. <laughs> March the 13th. And there'll be plenty more Shield, Premier, local cricket and international cricket. Until next time, it's bye for now. Thanks for listening. Bye, Ross. Bye, Ross. Bye.